I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck, for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featuring Dash Radio at 5 o'clock, Central Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. With me today is my good friend, Michele Vera. Michele, what's up? Can I say that I'm very, very, very happy about how the finals shaped, <laughs> shaped out to be? Because, like, it's, it's almost perfect. Uh, I mean, uh, Toronto had some, like, had to, to take a risk to get Kawhi. Yeah. But, but it, I really love that it pans out because, I mean, they they were almost there every single year mm-hmm. and they deserve some, some happiness. For real. And I was just so afraid for them in game six. They were so confident. It just felt like very 2016 Thunder-esque. Mm-hmm. It's like felt very confident the team was going to get to the finals, and you get to Game Six. It was a close game. I mean, all these games were close. I yeah. mean, the Raptors didn't like crush the Bucks or anything. Like they, no, 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 no. I mean, it was a close series, and it just came down to a few guys making shots. Fred Van Vliet being as good as he was. He shot eighty something percent from three in the last four games. Uh, Kawhi was obviously just a monster. Everybody else just kind of contributed. Uh, Lowry was great. And really, they they won the series on the defensive end with their adjustments. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh-oh. And that... I must have that? said something that sounded like Siri, and I activated Siri <laughs> on my phone. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was saying, like, these showed us um, what happens to a team when their best player is neutralized and or is not 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, there were many people that put the entire, including me, put the entire infrastructure of the Thunder in question after the Portland loss. But if you look at how Milwaukee played the last four games, where Janis was basically not himself, not because of an injury probably, but because of the way Toronto um, defended him, you see how a team can change when your best player cannot be effective. And we've seen him with Lillard against Golden State. We've seen it many times. It's not that the team is bad. It's that when you play in a certain way where your best player is the focal point of your offense and probably part of your defense, and he cannot be successful, you like he's not able to be successful, your team dramatically change. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't happen uh, with, uh, with Golden State just because they have too many. Uh, but with all the other teams, if you can stop the best player, and this is what Toronto did with a, with an amazing composure and discipline on defense, um, this is what happens. And the Bucks are very much Giannis dependent, and they show that. And Toronto exploit that uh, weakness of them perfectly, and they also take advantage took advantage to another thing that we discussed probably. Um, um, some during the year that the Bucks 
have a specific defensive scheme that allows you to take open trees. They just like mathematically allows three two players that are not very likely to make them. But when you have a guy like Fred Van Vliet that do what he did, then all that de- that defensive scheme uh, goes to has has a serious problem. Mm-hmm. Like it takes one guy to be very hot to make. Uh, a, a huge difference and it's not that it's a bad scheme it's that it has a, a wide range range of uh results and in a playoff series where your offense is not able to keep up this is how and where you end up yeah there i mean the thunder found themselves in that position with aminu in round one mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they let aminu shoot and they're gonna live and die by alfred aminu and lillard beat them no doubt but aminu was a big part of that too he was oh, yeah. really, really good in that series, yeah. and then not good really the rest of the playoffs. And everybody yeah. else did the same thing, and he yeah. just missed. And the Thunder yeah. did it, and he just made them. And he shot forty something percent from three against OKC, and so yeah. that that happens. And we talk about how small sample sizes don't matter. Well, they don't matter until you get to the playoffs, and then <laughs> sometimes you win and lose series based on small sample sizes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can say that next season you expect Damian Lillard to be a 80% shooter from 35-plus range or say that those extremely important shots that he hit against OKC were a fluke or something that you don't expect. Because if you if you, like, if you you like go from 80%, if you're Fred Van Vliet and shoot like a normal percentage, like even a good one, 42 45%, I'm not sure that series ends in six. Right. And maybe it doesn't end the way it, it, it did um, because it's important. You're right. I mean, we should focus more on um, not on the small sample number, but how those big samples uh, vary uh, during time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, this is not analyzed enough when you, when you discuss that, because when you see averages, you really don't see peaks and peaks are, are very important when it comes to uh, to the playoffs and what you can do and, can, and cannot do um, with, a, with a certain strategy. Yeah. Well, I, even, I mean, the Thunder have had it through the years, too. I mean, there was that game in the West Finals against the Spurs in 2012 where Serge and Kendrick Perkins went 11 for 11 from the field, yeah. you know, and made every yeah. shot. Yeah. And that those kind of things will win you a game and help you win a series and – Van Vliet was one of those guys for the raps and uh I'm super happy for that fan base that they, they have suffered a lot. Uh, I think they've been a franchise for 23 years, have never made the finals, uh have lost in heartbreaking fashion many times, have been in the lottery a majority of the time and it's good to see them uh have some success and get to the finals and you know without Durant I don't know that you'd say that you'd favor the Raptors, but I mean, you'd give them a chance because of, I mean, let's just be real. The Warriors haven't seen a defense like this yet in the playoffs. And so this will be a big time challenge for them. They have Kawhi Leonard, who they can throw in just about anybody they want to. Uh, Danny Green, who's a great defender, uh, who didn't play a whole lot toward the end of this Mm -hmm. series. Uh, just because they favored Van Vliet, but still, like he's going to be a very helpful guy in this series because he has great length and is super smart. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know that I would 
even predict the Raptors could win this series, but I think that you have to give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, on one end, yes, you do. On the other, you have to realize why the the the, the Raptors' defense was so effective against Giannis and against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's because they could really play um, a conservative kind of defense on pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to go over a pick when you guard Giannis and Tetokounmpo. You actually do the opposite to avoid uh, his dribble penetration and you dare him to shoot. Um, when you play against Golden State, that's the single thing that you cannot do. So they, I, I'm not saying that they don't have um, the the tools to play very, very good defense against the Warriors. What I'm saying is that you cannot translate what they did against Milwaukee into the finals. Because if you if you play like that against Golden State, you are dead. And you are dead very quickly. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think that they will put on the best defensive performance they that any anybody can play against Golden State. That that I'm confident because they 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 live through the playoff together and they have chemistry. And Lowry, even if it's not a great offensive players player when it comes to the playoffs, he's very good defensively. And if you slide him on Curry. You live with it. I mean, Lowry is on the better, on the good end of the defensive point guards. So, and and then you have Green, as you said. You have Van Vliet, who is not bad. You have uh, Kawhi. You had Ibaka. You have Ibaka. You have Marcasol. You have Siakam, who is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. So you have a huge um, chunk of, of like a huge amount of players that are very good defensively, and so they they will match up well. I'm interesting interested to see how the second unit matchup will. Um, will end up uh, being because the Warriors have like a bad second unit now. Mm-hmm. And even if it worked, it worked against Portland somehow. Uh, I don't think it will work against against the Raptors. And so it will be starters against starters and see how the the best defense, the, the best lineups of Golden State will be able to, um, to do against uh, that defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm super interested. We'll do more finals preview on Wednesday with Alex. Uh, but today we're going to move on to uh, some big-time draft prospects. Before we do that, we have a sponsor, and it's uh, the good people at Blue Chew. If you'd like to increase your performance and get some extra confidence in the bedroom, listen up. Go to bluechew.com. It's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings... You're the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Uh, this, uh, where am I at on my, okay. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are always made in the U.S., and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you can get a special deal for our listeners. You can visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code DUNK and just pay the $5 for shipping. 
Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code DUNK, and you can try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Down to Dunk. Well, I feel like I can jump like Zion Williamson now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about Zion. The number one pick, he's basically already a Pelican. If they don't choose this guy, uh, it would be very, very dumb. Right, McKelly? Yeah, I have I have the synergy report in front yeah. of me. Uh, I shared it with uh, with you and uh, and Jay yesterday, and basically synergy, as you our listener already know, uh, basically have this offensive report and defensive report based on play types, and it gives you a number of point per possession, and it gives you a rank and the rating. Uh, the rating goes from poor to excellent. This is Zion Williamson. Sorry, it will take a while, but I, I, I really want to read it. Go for transition, it. Transition, 92 percentile, excellent. Spot up, um, 45% rank, around 0.9 point per possession, average. Cut, excellent. Uh, offensive rebounds, excellent. Um, it's, it's basically 1.52 point per possession in offensive rebounds, which is Completely insane. Um, isolation, excellent. Pick and roll ball ender, excellent. End off, excellent. Uh, off screen, excellent. Miscellanea, excellent. So basically, this guy uh, is in the 99th percentile in terms of offense. He's the, 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 the number one uh, ranked prospect in terms of offensive ability uh, uh, with uh, 1.25 points per possession. And this without being able to really shoot it. Can you imagine? Like, this guy is the best offensive uh, player in college, and he doesn't have a very good three-point shot. <laughs> it's it's completely insane. He's such There's, a monster. Yeah. And, it, and it's not just being a bully. It's not like he dunks on people uh, every single possession. He has very, very soft hands. But the, the thing that, like, you, you can make him of him a player in the NBA just – uh, the way he rebounds the ball. Mm-hmm. It's insane. The timing, the elevation, uh, the effect. Like he can he can out jump basically everyone in college. It will not be like that in the NBA. But I I can tell you now, like this guy will be a beast. And if you are uh, the Pelicans, you you will have him like around the basket. And with a guy like Anthony Davis, if he decides to stick out, it, it will be a formidable duo. Um, I love him. Like it's, it's even difficult to scout because he plays in such a different way. It's, it's like having Shaq who can dribble and shoot it. Mm -hmm. A smaller size, a smaller version of him, but, but still it's that, uh, like body. He has, he has a like strength. Like I I cannot find something just negative to say about him. He's two eighty five. He's two eighty five. Yeah, he moves like he's like two fifteen. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. He takes off from like almost the. He can take off from the free throw line, I think, and dunk it. <laughs> he has that kind of athleticism. The only issue that I see is that he broke a shoe when he was playing uh, at, at at Duke. Yeah, I, I don't know if his body will will sustain him. He has Paul like George's a low, shoe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has like a low um, point, like center of gravity, so that's good. But but it would be interesting to see um, if he can stay healthy because if he can, he can be like 
transcendent, maybe generational talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just understands the game at a really high level, and he's mm-hmm. got size and athleticism that that just doesn't really exist. Yeah, you know, like guys aren't that big and that strong and that nimble. Like that, just there's just not a guy like that in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And for him to, I mean, he he can come in, he can take over the Pelicans. Like he can be that team. Uh, he will. I mean, I'm just convinced. Like he and he has the charisma. Like he will be the face of the Pelicans, whether Anthony Davis is there or not. And I I don't know if AD would like that. I don't know. Uh, and they still may have to trade AD. Like in either either way, like the Pelicans are in a really good position. And if I'm the Pelicans, like. If you can keep Anthony Davis, great. But if like your chances are like ten percent, like you're still not in a bad spot. Like trade him, make sure you get back a chance at a blue chip prospect or a guy that you know is like in the league already and is a blue chip type of guy. And you try to pair them and you go from there. I would not trade like I wouldn't do a deal with the Lakers because I don't know that you can get a blue chip guy back and I don't know that there's that guy at four. Or even at three, or even a—I mean, like Jaws, awesome. We'll talk about him in a minute, but um, like I don't know. I th- I I'd rather find more of a sure thing that you could pair next to him. But dude, he's he's everything that you would want. Yeah, yeah, he is, and you and you don't have like that all the trade packages that we are hearing uh, right now are like two, three, four assets. Right. And that's good because you have like many bites, the same apple to see if you can find uh, something. But if like if AD gives you a tiny chance, let's say let's try it out until the trade deadline and then we'll see. And you may get back just part of um, of the offer. Say that New York will offer just a three pick. And not the other thing, mm-hmm. or the Lakers offer just the number four, or uh, the Boston offers just two picks instead of, or just Tatum instead of uh, all the other assets uh, that they had. I mean, I would try that because if AD sees that this is working and working well, you have a chance to build something really special. Yeah, and if not, you get maybe a little less, but that less gave you the chance to try something really special. Uh, it's it's basically the same idea that uh, Presti had with KD. Uh, like, I'm not trading your last year because I am I want my chance. And he got nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. You can do it uh, if you are uh, New Orleans and still get something. So uh, if there is a tiny chance that having Anthony Davis will not disrupt your uh, locker room chemistry or uh, if you're like if all your players say, well, let's try it out. Uh, we welcome you back and, and blah, blah, blah. Then I would do it because yeah. they have like a, a real chance to build something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the truth is you're not going to find a guy as good as Anthony Davis on the trade market. Like you just oh, no, that no. just doesn't exist. And so, no. yeah, I agree. Like you should you should give it a try. Uh, OK, let's move on to John Morant who is projected to go number two to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, A lot of people have already said that that's who the Grizzlies are taking. And 
They probably should. He is a 6'3 point guard. He weighs 175, so he's over 100 pounds less than Zion, (laughs) which is just kind of an unbelievable thing to think about. (laughs) 100 pounds! Um, uh, So he played at Murray State. Point guard, averaged 24 points, 10 assists, 5.7 rebounds, uh, 36% from three, 81% from the line, almost two steals uh, per game. He's super interesting as a prospect. A lot of people compare him to Russell Westbrook, and I, I think that's just because he's such a crazy athlete and can really dunk it. He's got crazy vision for a point guard and can throw some great passes. He's really, really good at finding guys in the corner and throwing you know, these left-handed, just out-of-nowhere passes to a guy wide open in the corner, which will really bode well for the NBA. Uh, he's he's a good scorer, which he's like Russell in, in some ways, in that like, he's a good scorer, but he's not crazy efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, he, d- he doesn't have a floater game, kind of like Russell. He is super turnover prone, and the guy the, he's got like some good some good comps and some bad comps that kind of match up with Russell. Uh, he, his defense, like right now, like if he's this type of defender from college to the NBA, and that's what he's going to be, like dude, it's not good enough. Like he dies on every screen. He doesn't stay in a defensive stance. He's he kind of he's. He's going to be this feast or famine type of guy where he's going to make these incredible plays for himself and for others. He could really score the basketball, uh, but he is going to have some face palm type of moments in the NBA. There's like no doubt about that to me, uh, but he's also going to have moments where he just completely takes over Memphis and they're going to love him. And he's going to be awesome, and he's going to play with passion and fire. But then on the other, like he's going to have the same type of not trying on defense, you know, turning the ball over, you know, seven or eight times in a game. Those are, that's going to happen. Uh, and if if he can develop a jump shot, which his release is super low right now, which is is concerning in the NBA. And if you if you're a skeptic and you want to say that Jaw's not going to work out, like go watch the Florida State game in the tournament because it's kind of embarrassing to watch. Uh, like, you can point to that and say, like, that's going to be closer to what the NBA is. Like, Florida State's got these mm-hmm. huge, dynamic athletes, and they shut down everything Jock did. I mean, at the rim, off the dribble, uh, they they shut it all down. And he, he looked like a guy that, like, if you're Memphis, like, if you want to be scared to draft him, just watch the game. It's it is a little bit scary, but I think you look at the whole picture, and I I think that this guy, uh, it would not shock me if in two years he made the All Star team because he's just a dynamic dynamic athlete. Yeah, I I've seen like I watched a couple of a uh, couple of games and and some clips of more, and and the passing IQ is sensational. But I, I share your uh, concerns about this game, about the defensive side, about the physicality that they will have to face. Um, like, 
Fiondo Cabangeli is a prototypical big that you will face in the NBA. Yeah. And that game, uh, the pronunciation of the name I get from Sam Vecini, he, he knows, so I use his. Um, so you can you can be reasonably concerned about that. Yeah. Um, but since uh, I, I have synergy here, uh, shall we go into a little game? Yeah, let's do it. It's Ja or Pain? This is uh, oh, no. <laughs> so they they both uh, share uh, the of course the, for, for of course the the college both from Murray State mm-hmm. um, and I'll give you a stat and you have to tell me if this is um, uh, Cameron Payne who's better or uh, John Morant who's better. Okay. 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 Uh, overall offense, the, the first prospect is point nine eight. The second prospect is 0.97 points per possession. Who's better? Ja. No, it's actually Cameron Payne. Okay. 0.903. It's, <laughs> it's very close, but it's uh, it's it's still Payne. Um, the second one is points in pick and roll situations. So just pick and roll situation. The first guy is, um, let's see. 0.77, and the oh. second one is 0.94. Ja. Ja is player number one, so 0.77. In pick and roll um, situations? That is terrifying. In pick and roll situation, according to Synergy. Okay. Uh, where Ja excels is transition, 1.2, and cuts, 1.4. Um, so, so you are 0 for 2, and, and you have... <laughs> The last, <laughs> the last <laughs> chance to to make it right. Um, possession plus uh, like generated offense, so assists. Um, the first guy is one point three, and the second one is one point three seven. Oh wow, they're very close. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Jaw, but okay. I'm probably wrong. You did good. No, 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 no. Okay. You're, you're right. Um, ja is great in finding transition opportunity for others. He, with his offense and the offense that he generates via assists, is 1.53 in transition situation. It's like almost 10 points per 100 possession better than campaign. But I found this number to be like similar, very close. And it's not that I want to say that John Warren will be as bad as Cameron Payne, but more so I want to highlight the fact that Presley saw something in, in Payne and there was something there. I remember him watching him the first few years and say, well, if he does this more consistently, he can be a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a way to be effective and if you, if you are skinny, if you, um, and if you play in a minor league, uh, not, not in a, in a, in a major college, but there are concerns to me about, about John Morant, uh, about the, um, how much will he translate offensively? And, um, and yeah, like pain is a bad comp, but still a very close one. Yeah. And when you're at Murray State and you're the only guy that's kind of like above average, uh, you, you're going to stick out. You know, Cam, yeah. Cam was a great college player, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, and Jaw's a great college player. And does it always translate? No. Like, does the number two pick in the draft always turn out? No. And Memphis knows about that. <laughs> you know, Memphis has drafted <laughs> guys at two and three overall that just have not panned out. 
You know, they've, they've had O.J. Mayo. They've had Hashim Thabit, who felt like can't miss prospects at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, guys guys just sometimes don't work out. And I I don't think that Jaw's a sure thing. I think that he is going to – he's going to play in the NBA. Like, he's going to be a guy that's going to stick in the NBA. But is he a can't-miss superstar? Like, I don't know. I really, I really don't know, but I do think he's got all the tools to do it. And a lot of people compare him to Russ. I, I don't think that he's Russ. You know, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not big enough. You know, he doesn't have the body that Russell Westbrook has or even had coming mm-hmm. into the league. It's not like that. Uh, he's super skinny. I mean, he's very deer and fox esque. Is the count that's out there that seems to make a little bit more sense to me. And. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox developed his jump shot between year one and year two. And if Ja can develop his jump shot, he's going to be an all-star. If he doesn't, he's going to be a good player and he's going to be a starter on some teams and a backup on others. And, you know, he, his freshman year at Murray State, he wasn't their starting point guard lead ball handler. Like he played off ball. And so he's not a mm-hmm. guy that's like only been a, primary ball handler his whole career like no so he's a guy that if they decide to keep Mike Conley and he could play alongside Mike Conley and he's a guy that is had a lot of spot up opportunities his freshman year and could be a guy to do that again um if I'm Memphis I just hand hand it all over to him trade Mike Conley get what you can get future picks get whatever and yeah. you just be as bad as you can and try to get another lottery pick in there to pair with he and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, that's what I would do. And you let him make as many mistakes as possible. You let him turn it over five times a game, uh, figure out who he is, let him develop his jump shot, uh, let him develop his step back jumper, whatever, and just figure it out uh, and figure out what you got and let him and Jaron Jackson just pick and roll, pick and pop to death. Uh, that's that's what I would do, and I, I think that it's he's a good a guy plan. That could really develop. So, yeah, I mean, I would do the same, and you can get something um, from Conley, I think, in the off season. Yeah, um, yeah. I can we shall we talk about the third pick? Because if you have doubts about the the number two, I have many doubts. Of yeah, three. <laughs> yeah. Let's touch on RJ Barrett real quick. We're gonna have a shorter show today. Um, yeah, it's my fault completely. No, all good, all good. All right, let's talk about RJ. Um, so RJ is basically uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Um, and the good part is when he goes left and he uses his left hand. The bad thing is when he uses the right hand, who cannot use. If you if you remember Nate Duncan using the Zoolander type player uh, with uh, Sabonis, mm-hmm. I think that Barrett is close. Maybe maybe more just my use just um, uh, how, how can I say that he, he used just his left hand more than than what Sabonis because he he has the ball in his hands way more. He's a great pick and roll player when he goes left, but if you force him to the right hand, it's a disaster. So. Um, my friend Lorenzo Neri, who is uh, again a good, a good to great follow on on Twitter, um, said to me yesterday, if if I want to evaluate just the left hand, he's probably number two pick in this draft uh, because Zion is Zion. If you if you want to evaluate him 
with the, the right hand, it, I'm not sure it's a first round pick. <laughs> so this is, this is the difference. And the numbers wow. are actually uh, saying that. And mm-hmm. then the eye test pans out. I think having a ball lander of 6'8", uh, with a great body and with those instincts is great. And if he develops the right hand, he will be a very, very special player. If not, the combination is probably a good role player uh, that can be a tad better than even Turner, but not very, like, not a ton better of him. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, uh, I have many doubts. He doesn't care uh, about defense uh, yet. He has all the tools to be a very good defender. Uh, I just didn't care in college. And I learned with Ben Simmons not to um, to give too much uh, to what players do in college because it depends on many things. He has all the opportunities to be and the, and the tool to be uh, a very special defender. Um, but if either of the two things, like being good in defense or being able to use the right hand, um, like if he fails in both, he will not be a starter in this league, I think. And so, but if if he does, it immediately becomes uh, an all-star type of player that you should draft uh, at number three. So I don't know. I mean, um, I still have many, many doubts. And um, I watch basically all the offensive clips. Uh, I watch full games where he appears and disappears. Um Maybe it's Duke. Maybe I don't know. I'm extremely confused. And all this uh, basically evaluation of him that I just uh, did is an an expression of my confusion, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, with the Ben Simmons stuff, like there's probably a difference in playing at LSU and playing at Duke and the expectations and how you're supposed to play. And, you know, I mean, LSU hadn't had a top prospect like that since probably Shaquille O'Neal, you know, and they were probably just like really glad that he chose to come to LSU. <laughs> when you're playing at Duke, like you're playing for a national title, like that team. Yeah. And I don't know. I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm trading the pick. Like, really? Okay. You're, you're brave. I'm sure. I, Honestly, like RJ Barrett, like he could work out or he, he could have his maximum trade value right now. You know? Yeah. I mean, if he if he works hard, can use his right hand, stops taking stupid shots, he could be awesome. Or like he could be like Harrison Barnes or Rudy Gay or somebody like that who's like oh like yeah he's a good like he can obviously he can score the basketball but like that's not the guy that you want to be your number 1 number 2 or even number 3 guy on your team like like he could be that which mm-hmm. scares the crap out of me <laughs> yeah if I'm the Knicks and if you're the Knicks and you get KD and whoever else I I I think that RJ Barrett before he steps onto the NBA court like he could have more value than he does his whole career or he could turn into an all-star superstar type of guy which is possible like he's got a he's got a wide range of outcomes uh which yeah. is scary like Zion's range of outcomes isn't that huge uh John Morant also he has a wide range of outcomes too but I feel like RJ's is even wider you know mm-hmm. which like he yeah. he could be better than Ja like guess he's got 
the yeah, scoring potential yeah. as a big wing. You know, he's six seven. He's got a six ten wingspan. He's two hundred two pounds. Like he's a like that's the kind of guy that you want if he works out. But if he's a bad shot taking forward who's inefficient and doesn't really shoot it well from three, I I don't. I don't know that you have anything more than what the Grizzlies had in Rudy Gay a few years ago, you know, which looks good. Like he's going to look good at, in the NBA at the NBA level because he's going to score, but is he going to help your team win? I think that that to me is the biggest question. Yeah, and to uh, like I want to give you two numbers about uh two or three numbers about the left and right um thing. Driving in ISO situation. When he drives right, 0.67 points per possession. Ugh. When he drives left, 1.13. <laughs> like, is 50 points per 100 possession better when he goes left? I'm trying to pull out the pick and roll one. Um, let's see. And if you think that NBA teams don't know that, like, already, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're insane. They, they know. They know and they will force you uh, on your uh, bad hand. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, left side in pick and roll in pass out situation 1.11 on the right 0.7 so it's it's really insane it's not a ton of numbers of a ton of possessions of course but even even the number pans out like the right hand is useless right now (laughs) which is a scary proposition to have Um, a few things that and then I'll I'll have to go uh, a few things that I think can give you hope is that when he shoots the ball in rhythm Either uh, from the off the dribble or um, running through screen is actually better than what he do when he when he does it uh, in a spot up situation like um, a static spot up situation, and it's usually a good thing because he, he he has a very very good coordination, and so if it's just a rhythm thing, that you can fix it. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the NBA, and and again, his vision as a passer when he passed the ball directly from the dribble with the left hand is sensational, and so that gives you hope that even if he's not able to score at a super high level, the passing vision is something that will stick. And um, I know about the bad choices. I mean, I've seen many of them. Uh, scoring wise but the spacing of Duke is not a good one mm-hmm. and with a spread pick and roll uh, give him the left hand he could be special uh, in that setting but like it has to be probably uh, a specific context to to having to having him uh, effective from the beginning mm-hmm. yeah he's he's interesting and he scares me and I think he could be awesome. Like he, he could be awesome. Like he really, mm-hmm. really could be. He's he's not even nineteen yet. So I mean, yeah. like let's. And he has a pedigree. I mean, he won with Canada. Like he yeah. won a lot when he was in the youth team, and that's that's important. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a worker. You you do not do what he did uh, with Canada in the U eighteen team if you don't work hard. Yeah. Uh, and so that is also a plus. And I think that hard workers stick out uh, in the NBA. And so, but, yeah. but the, but the other things are very concerning as well. Yeah. He's, he's boomer bust, you know, like that. No, not, not bust, not bust, but would you draft Sabonis with number, with the number three pick? No, no, uh, he's a bust. No, yeah. but he's not a guy. Probably the trade value, as you said, of a number three pick is 
higher, you will not like New York will not trade the number three pick for Sabonis, even if Sabonis will be a starter, some mm-hmm. like probably in a two, three year span. And so we're talking about that. We're talking about a, a guy that can be an effective player like like Sabonis is, but not a number three pick. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's boom or boom or rotation player. I would yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be. Yes, he will be in the NBA. He will score for somebody, even if it's off the bench. Like he. Yeah, he will score the basketball at the NBA level like that mm-hmm. will happen. And it could yeah. be against backups or he could be one of the top 15 players in the NBA like that. Yeah. That's that's kind of his range of outcomes. And when you're at three, uh, he, I don't. He just he just scares me. I don't know, but he's he's good. He he's gonna be an interesting guy to watch. There's no doubt about that because he's got he's got all the tools to be a star in the league. And not everybody that has all the tools to be a star in the league is a star in the league. You know exactly. Yeah. So. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review today. If you have a chance, it would mean a lot to us. If you have the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone, super easy. Just hit the search button, search down to dunk. We'll pop right up, click on it, hit five stars, and you are done. So please do that if you got a chance uh, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Hope you enjoy your day. If you have a veteran in your family or a friend, make sure that you let them know how much you appreciate them. Have a relaxing day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.